0: Hey crack fans! stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there and if you tell your opponent what do I use on my racket I use the mega tack you're going to be attacking with that mega tack from start to finish if you've seen anything we do at crack rackets you know I'm a hairy guy as you can imagine I sweat when I play the only grip that works for me is the turna tennis grip of course the mega tack taking things to the next level how can you get yourself hooked up with a turna grip today it's simple you're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis goods about the mega attack the tackiest grip on the market contact sales at unique and get started with our friends at turn of to tennis today welcome to hey great shot it's the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we've got another edition of The Deciding Point for all of you listeners, our weekly breakdown of all of the action happening across the Division One college tennis world. Of course, it's a Thursday. That means we're talking about all the men's action that's happened over the course of the past week. So many storylines for us to discuss. Of course, we have SEC conference play officially underway. You can catch All of Friday's SEC action on each of the team websites brought to you via our Crack Rackets cross-court cast, which we have rebranded and are excited to bring to you each and every week throughout the course of the season. Of course, we'll be talking all things Big Ten on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel on Sunday. We also have that Michigan-Baylor match on our channel, so we hope you tune into that. Uh, But of course, before we get to those matches, we got to talk about everything that's happened since. And that, of course, means running through some of the big SEC results, Maddie's Blue Duke Blue. Duke Do Devils. There we go. Duke Blue Devils. Off to a thunderous start. Uh, I want to talk about the mechanics of that start, who's shined through for the Blue Devils here this season, of course. Got to talk about all the other results happening across the country, not just Power 5, non-conference action happening in certain parts of the country as well. We'll get into some of those results here today. Talk about our Crack Rackets Top 10 poll. Introduce a new segment. We're talking uh, cross-offs here at Crack Rackets. Then, of course, we'll get into the week ahead as well. if you're going to cover all of those topics, if you're going to try and tackle the past week in Division One men's college tennis, there are only two people you can have join you on the show to help do that with. They've been joining me each and every week over the past three and a half years here on our Crack Racket shows. And of course, we are so excited to continue to do that throughout this 2022 season. Let's start where we always start in our introductions. You know, our first co-host as your co-favorite writer. On our website, CrackRackets.com, a former four-star recruit on TennisRecruiting.net, a man who has no free time, yet still always manages to show up week in, week out here on this show. A fact, we are immensely grateful for It is our friend, Matt, the Crack Koyak, Matty, hey, great shot. Welcome back. Have you caught anything at Indian Wells or are you just out of the loop? i'm out of the loop man i heard nick Kyrgios was doing pretty well yeah so he was up a break so we're recording this 7 p.m thursday serve for the first set five four against rafa got broken for five ball
1: oh wow okay so you haven't missed much things are where you left them in the haven't missed much no man it's uh i'm glad to be on here with you guys look i i need to get caught up on everything that's been going on this past week it's uh Works a grind, man. I, I've got a lot going on, but uh, excited to chat some college tennis with you guys, as always.
0: Yeah, no, it's, we'll it. do a little, it's a little tutorial for you here, Maddie, for you to play catch up. By the way, quickly, because it's a college tennis-centric show, but I don't think I've asked you this question yet, and I don't care about our third guest's opinion, so I'm going to ask you before we bring him in. Alcaraz or Sinner, what camp are you in right now moving forward? Because that's the discussion we'll be having for the next 10 years.
1: Oh, Ooh. come on. I mean, Sinner was first, like I've always loved Yannick Sinner, but I, I, that's an unfair question, Gruskin. I'm not prepared to answer that right now. I really like both guys. I really do. Um, See, this is why I like you though, because if you're not prepared, you're
0: not ready to talk about it. We got 10 years. Don't worry. I don't need a firm answer today.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I think Alcaraz may have the higher potential but Yannick Sinner, man, ever since I saw that guy play, I was there's something about him that I just really, really like. Um, hopefully we see them battle it out, like you said, for, for 10 plus years. That's what I want. You know, Tony Bresky still says, hey,
0: you guys got a year of eligibility if you want to come play. So don't count them out of the college <laughs> tennis ranks quite yet. But no, um, I mean, I've this has been a running thing. I'm bringing it up now on as many podcasts as I can. Here's how I describe it. Carlos Alcaraz isn't the GOAT yet, but he's also not, not the GOAT. It's like most tennis players, you know, 99.7% of tennis players, by the time they're 20 years old, you can say definitively, you are not going to be the greatest of all time. I can't say that about Carlos Alcaraz quite yet. Sinner's like right on that border where it's like, no, no, no. I agree with you. He's not the greatest of all time. But can you definitively tell me, Maddie, that Carlos Alcaraz will not be the greatest of all time right now? What kind of question is that? It's look, you got to fill three hundred sixty-five days of podcasts, my friend.
1: Carlos Alcaraz is nowhere near the guy. What
0: are you? What? What did I miss? He's not the greatest of all time. I agree with you, but I'm saying in the long-term discussion, who are the players that are the greatest of all time? Djokovic is in that discussion, obviously. Nadal is in that discussion, obviously. Federer in that discussion.
1: Don't put Carlos Alcaraz in that that discussion. discussion.
0: Alex Diemenauer is not in that discussion. Carlos Alcaraz has not been eliminated from that discussion. You know what? It's a stalemate between us. This is the perfect time to bring in the professor, our third guest. Of course, you know him. This is the yeah, let's Smith, see what he has forefather of the formula, our friend Chris Hallyors. Chris, hey, great shot. Where are you on this discussion? Well, first of all, the first
2: question is Alcaraz. Yeah. The second, <laughs> the, the second question yeah. is, of course. He's not anywhere near the well, Alcaraz. Meaning, I take Alcaraz over Sinner. Like, Sinner, I'm with you, man. Sinner has such easy power and strokes. It's, I mean, it's kind of like watching Sebi Korda, but yeah, but it's, it's almost like he kind of got to a point and stalled a little bit, right? And, and Alcaraz hasn't done that yet. So I I would lean that way. But I mean, and I know what Gruskin's saying. He's saying, hey, are we going to, are we in a spot where, Ten or fifteen years from now, it is potentially possible that yes. we could be saying Alcaraz is the goat. Right? Like, like it's you're, too like, early to determine that. Well, yeah. All he's saying is you can't say it won't happen. Like there are pe- well, there are people like with Alex Dimonar. He's saying exactly. You're, he's that's not going to be not gonna happen. Brother. Period. Exactly. Like there's under no
0: circumstances. Even Medvedev and have been eliminated from that conversation. They could be all time greats. They're not going to be the greatest of all time. I can't definitively say Carlos Alcaraz will not be the greatest of all time. We're really off the deep end here. This is, yeah, great. I'll, I'll, is I'll say
2: it for you. He's not going to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't you're think probably so. Probably right. But like, <laughs> I'm not wrong yet. By the way, sinners on the border of that conversation still as well. I say 21. If you're 20, you know, if you have turned 22 and you don't have a Grand Slam title, I'm eliminating you from that conversation. But I think right now, the GOAT conversation is Djokovic, Nadal, Federer. I would throw Alcaraz in there. I mean, not really, but he's not eliminated. I'm saying who hasn't been eliminated from the discussion? Excuse me. Those three, Alcaraz, Sinner, Peak End Felix, and then Jerry Shang, who just doesn't lose futures matches ever. And he's like 17 years old. And I'm like, all right, you haven't been eliminated yet either. Um, But anyway. On that criteria, you can't
2: throw Brooksby out. I mean, no,
0: I mean, if Trevor hasn't turned pro officially, um, <laughs> no, you know, I did this segment with Damian Koost and we entertained Brooksby, and it's right. He's also just off the list, but not like, again, Sinners made a Miami final. Like you say, he stalled, he made quarterfinals at the Australian Open this year. He, you know, beat Zverev to make a quarterfinals at the French Open in 2020. He's done some really good things. Still waiting for that definitive breakthrough run. We save that conversation for the mini break. You can check that out tomorrow. Damien Kouste and myself go far too deep into that conversation. But of course, here, we're going to talk college tennis, I promise, folks, the rest of the way. And of course, the reason we're able to do that each week on The Deciding Point is because of the support we get from our friends at Swing Vision. And of course, you guys know Swing Vision, artificial intelligence for your tennis. It's the simplest way. to get better in the most efficient way possible. All you got to do, download the app, set it up while you play. You'll get all the information you're looking for. A full film breakdown. Now, I have asked our friends at Swing Vision if I can be the voice telling you what you need to improve in an automated, artificial way. Still no approval there. We're working on it. Don't you want me to say like, yeah, that forehand sucked? But- Here's how you can get better. Uh, As soon as they approve, maybe some messages from you guys would help. We'll have that happening. But for now, trust me, it's the best in the game. It's at the forefront of all things technological development in tennis. Learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. And again, once you sign up, use our promo code CRACK20. You'll let them know we sent you there. $20 discount, 14-day pro trial. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision. Shout out to our longtime friends at Turner as well. For just about as long as we've been doing this podcast, gentlemen, we've had Turner on as a sponsor here of the Great Shot Podcast. And of course, it's a brand we're proud to partner with, as it is the defining brand. It is the name brand recognition, I would say, in all things tennis scripts. But of course, Turner does more than that. It's not just scripts. It's strings. It's dampeners. It's anything you might need from an equipment standpoint. Contact our friends at Turner to join the team by contacting and emailing sales at uniquesports.com. You let them know we sent you. They'll hook you up with free samples. They'll hook you up with discounted pricing. Again, email sales at uniquesports.com or by the way, just shop for Turner wherever you buy your tennis goods. Hopefully that's at uh, tennispoint.com as well. With all of that said, 10 minutes in, we should probably talk some college tennis. So let's do that now. And again, we got plenty of things for us to discuss, but The place we have to start today's show, you look for the University of Tennessee coming into the national indoors in Seattle, they had one loss on their resume right that was a one loss in Columbus where just about everyone, and not just about absolutely everyone had lost heading into the national indoors as well. You look for the team. They face some adversity throughout the course of the season. Of course, you know, we thought maybe we're going to get to see Blaze Bicknell. Maddie never did. Maddie proven correct. We, there is no Blaze Bicknell for them this season. Martin Prada, the senior who was number three singles for them last year, had a very good season. He's just been injured and, you know, lacking confidence throughout the course of the year. So that's another man down. And, you know, certainly, With the recent injury of Johannes Monday, it was a massive loss for them this weekend. And you look for them, certainly, and we'll talk about the Gators after this, but 5-2 loss for them against Florida. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. The big one we have to start, though, 4-3 loss to South Carolina at home. And this was a match where if you watch this one, folks, and we were fortunate enough to be able to feature it on our Crack Rackets SEC broadcast, drama, drama, drama. Defining that result, of course, things come down to a three-all scenario at the number three single spot, I believe. No, no, no. Number four? Where am I here, Chris? Was Three, three number three. Yeah, it was the number three single spot. And again, that's because there's no Johannes Monday, Johannes, excuse me, in the lineup for Tennessee this week. So that moves everyone up. Yeah, you still have Walton at one, but Hud's playing two. And, you know, again, you've got to move Diaz up to three. And Diaz has been great this season. There's no denying that. And, you know, again, six all third set. He's taken on Connor Thompson wins the first. And he had been nipping on Thompson seals, had some chances in some return games, you know, had been holding fairly comfortably to get to six. all. And of course, Diaz is a guy who's clinched a bunch of big matches for Tennessee this season. Six all wins the first point 1-0. First serve Thompson Thompson hits it Diaz calls it wide there's a delay and momentary confusion and then an overrule from a sideline official located behind Diaz on the return that's his fourth overrule of the match it means the tiebreaker a game penalty goes to Thompson and with that it's a 4-3 victory for South Carolina I want to start with you here first, Chris, because I know you were locked into this match. And obviously, you're our SEC guru. We talked about a lot of things SEC tennis in our weekly SEC show, which you can all go listen to on the Great Shot podcast feed. But we saved this Tennessee weekend because you look for Tennessee, again, for them to lose to Florida. I don't think there's any shame in them losing that match to Florida. But to lose at home to Tennessee 4-3 in the fashion that they did after taking the doubles point in that match no Monday, and still, you know, again, where should Tennessee be ranked right now? What is your reaction to their weekend?
2: Well, first of all, I'll take exception to no shame in losing to Florida. That was that was just an awful effort. So, uh, yeah, dot, hide your heads. That was shameful. But we'll start with South Carolina. I mean, just even without the breaker, right? So, so Diaz loses it at three all in a breaker. They lost them. They won doubles, for crying out loud. They lose one, two, three and four. That's unacceptable at home against South Carolina. I mean, yes, they get their wins at five and six just goes to prove I still don't think we've seen an answer from South Carolina yet at five and six if you will. We've seen flashes of story being you know d- you know decent coming up big but on a consistent basis, it's not you know that's not their not their strong point. But for them to lose the top four matches in that in that match is just and not even I mean, not close, really. Right. Toby Samuel beats Emile Hud four and one Prada goes down two and three. Look, I'll I'll be clear. Prada shouldn't be in the lineup right now. He wasn't on Sunday against Florida, didn't deserve to be there against South Carolina, probably shouldn't be. Yes, we all know he was injured and he's coming back from an injury, whether it's confidence, whether it's because he's just physically not quite there yet. He just flat out isn't as good as the next six best guys on that team. And he shouldn't be in the lineup. Uh, and until he can earn and prove his way uh, that he needs to be in that lineup, he he shouldn't be there. But for those guys to just go down the way they did for, from 10, you know, the number one team and at home, just not, I mean, not a good weekend. I mean, yeah, I no, I would echo those sentiments.
0: Here's the thing. So they, again, South Carolina's top four of Rodriguez, Samuel uh, Thompson and Lambling have been the lifeblood of a team that is currently top 10 in the country and has, you know, earned some really impressive wins throughout the course of the season, played a really good national indoor tournament To, to lose top four to them. Is not completely unacceptable, particularly given the fact that they didn't have Johannes Monday and everyone's up a spot. Here are the two things where I would echo your sentiment, Chris, most importantly, a you lose three out of the four matches in straight sets that just can't happen especially again, I think Walton was up a break if memory serves me correctly in that second set against Daniel Rodriguez. And Rodriguez is the defending NCAA singles finalist. And he's lost like two matches here this year. One of them to the number one player in the country in Ben Shelton. There's no harm in that loss there. And again, that's going to happen at number one. That's the one I throw out to your point about Prada at four. I just think they outthought themselves. Why not play Mitsui there? And then, to your point, Chris, given the struggles of Story, of Beasley, who have been fine, you know, they've been solid, just not as strong as the top four for South Carolina, don't you feel like you can still get wins with how well Harper's playing at six? And that's a really good win for him, and he seems to be solidifying the spot right now in his favor or with how well Gannon's played at five, or even maybe you play Prada at five, maybe you play Prada at six, just put a little less pressure on him against one of the Hosses. It's all of the above. I mean, yeah, with Emil Hud serve, you just ask him, get me to one tiebreaker, please, in one of the two sets you played. Unfortunate that he couldn't do that. But this team had the momentum. They took the doubles point and just Like again, their guy showed up at the start of doubles and then Maddie, they were gone in singles.
1: Well, see, my perspective seems so much different than you. I didn't watch a match, so I don't really know what I'm talking about here, but I do feel like we're talking about two top 10 teams. They played South Carolina and Florida. These are very good teams. They didn't lose to some schmucks, right? I mean, we're talking about South Carolina and Florida. Yes, Tennessee was at home You don't want to drop two matches at home in a weekend. Yeah, they're going to be disappointed by that, but there's no Monday. That's my question, guys. I don't know if you have any information here. How long is Monday out? That's a problem. Yeah, it's a couple couple more weeks for him. Okay, a couple more weeks. That's going to be a problem if he's out. I mean, so...
0: I want to lock in on that for a second, Matty. And I don't mean to cut you off because you look for this team again and they're 5-2 lost to Florida. In that matchup, they end up dropping the doubles point. And, you know, it's a pretty tightly contested doubles point, you know, without Monday, you know, Monday and Walner and, you know, whether it was Monday and whomever at three, you feel pretty good about that duo. And Monday and Walner were undefeated to date. They dropped number three doubles without Monday, both matches. I don't think, again, I think that's expected to your point. Mitsui and Hod end up dropping a match to Riffis and uh, Shelton. And I do think, again, that says more about Florida, but you look for them in that match. They get a win again from Harper at six over Bonetto. So a good weekend for Harper. And I want you to lock in on that fact as well. Mitsui gets another win this time. He is playing the number four spot. It's Gannon at five who loses in three sets to Seymour. On the screen, if you're watching live, it says, where should Tennessee be ranked? And it's a two-part question to you right now, Maddie. Given think- their injuries... Where do you think they should be ranked part one? And part B of that question is given those injuries again, are they susceptible? And you look at the Tennessee schedule right now coming up this weekend, they've got Texas or they've got Georgia on Sunday coming up after that. It's Texas a and M in college station on a Friday, then LSU in Baton Rouge on a Sunday. Let's say Monday plays. None of those three
1: matches. Are they in trouble? No, I don't think so. I still think I'm fine, guys. My attitude for Tennessee is a little bit different. I think they're a top eight team. In fact, in my rankings, I think I had them at six, maybe six. But that's lower than they've been. That's the first time they're outside the top three. Right. It's lower than they've been, but we're still talking about a really, really good team here. I think they could potentially, I think those three matches that you just listed, Gruskin, they for sure go two and one. Maybe they go three and out. I think they could potentially go three and O even without Monday in all three of those matches. I do. I think Tennessee is going to be just fine when he comes back. Look, they're fine. They had a rough weekend, but they played some quality opponents minus their best player. I look at Monday as arguable. I mean, he, you can debate Walton or, or Monday. I think they're missing their best player and they lost to two top what six teams in South Carolina and Florida not worried about it. And it was fluky. The South Carolina match was fluky. They got defaulted out of the match. I mean, what happens if, if Diaz doesn't get overruled, he could easily win that. And now all of a sudden we're going, Oh, Tennessee goes one and one. They beat South Carolina. They lose to Florida. So what? I think we're over. I think we're, we're blowing this out of proportion. I think the Vols will be fine.
0: So, Chris, Scotty B in the chat beat me to the question. And always great to hear from you, Scotty B. I appreciate you tuning into this and not Kyrgios Nadal. Uh, he asked, is Tennessee in trouble in terms of a top eight seat? Is it win? Is it must win mode for them? And here's the thing. They've beaten Baylor. They've beaten South Carolina. They've already beaten Texas A&M, who even if they lose to there, it's fine. You got to win over them earlier so it doesn't kill you from a rankings perspective. Are they in trouble at all from a top eight point? Are they still pretty comfortably sitting in there?
2: Well, uh, without barring any more, you know... So if they lose to Georgia, let's say, without Monday? To Georgia, probably not. Georgia's, I mean, Georgia picked up a couple big wins, and they're going to be highly ranked. If they lost another match to, say, a that would hurt. I mean, A&M's not going to be a top 15 team. So that's going to drop a few points for you. But yeah, lose a match to Georgia, who's going to hover in that 10-ish range, give or take? Not not overly critical. I don't think they're in a a world of hurt just because of the big wins they have right now in terms of a top eight seed. Now, you know, you're only talking eight spots and a handful of them are probably definitely spoken for. So a big run from somebody could, you know put a little pressure on them. but I don't I don't think it's that. I would just be much more worried about, you know, and like Maddie, Maddie didn't get to watch it, right? So and he said, hey, he didn't see the just, I mean, I, I didn't like what I saw from these guys. Yes. They were missing Monday and especially in that Florida match. I feel like they're too reliant on you. You can't be reliant on, Hey, our sophomore stud, we got to have them or we can't win. And that's what I felt like the attitude was they get to, they made a big push in that Florida match to turn a bunch of matches into three setters. And then they just quit and went away. Like, I mean, at one point, Maddie, in the third sets against Florida, Walton's down 4-love, Diaz is down 4-1, Connor's down 4-1, and Emil's loses in straights and he's down 5-2 in the second. I mean, they just died. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, the Tennessee teams you're used to seeing are guys that sit out there all day, play matches, make a million balls. That wasn't them. They, you know, they, they didn't put that that out there. They just faded in in the third set against their biggest rival, you know the one they love. You know everybody remembers the big chomp from the from the 2019 season, and they they just quit. So you know, yes, I'm with you, Maddie. I think if and when Monday comes back down the road, if you're looking at NCAA time, sure, then you know he's going to be a help. But these guys can't be they can't be sitting there thinking, oh, if we don't have Johannes, we're just not that Johannes. We're not that you know. We're not going to beat Florida. We're not going to beat South Carolina. That can't be the attitude. And that's the feeling I got.
1: Well, that's fair. And hopefully they learn from this then. Hopefully they learn from this past weekend and realize, okay, we got to step it up, but you're, they're undermanned. I mean, without Monday against Florida, I'm sorry, you're undermanned. It's going to be tough to win that dual match. It just is. Yeah. Here's the slight. How about this? The reality is if we go off of
0: this weekend's results, you can't win without Monday. That's what we learned this weekend. And I do think glass half full, Mitsui's Mitsui. We know if you can get him at five or six at the NCAA tournament, you feel good about him against just about anyone. The freshman has been that good. If Harper's going to continue to play this well at six and he's finally healthy for the first time in years, you feel like he's got a shot against just about everyone as well. The real ones to me, you know, HUD at two, Diaz at three. And if you're going to stick with it, Prada or Gannon or whatever you're going to do at that four spot, those core three, because Walton, I think he played a good three set match against Shelton. That's just going to happen. My thing is to Maddie's point, one of those three guys in the center of the lineup who are earning a lot of wins at a spot down. Well, with no Monday, at least one of you needs to step up, probably two of you on a match by match basis. And you're just to your point again. There's so much stress now. Walton, Harper, Mitsui, Hud. You guys better win in doubles because if you don't, we're down 1-0. And as we've seen in singles, things are now a lot harder. But it's like, you guys, we expect you to win. Harper and Walton, you're playing two doubles. You're the NCAA champs. You better freaking win. We need you to be locks because that pathway, that margin is just slimmer without him. And so, you know, again, big picture, get healthy. and I And I think everything flips. I agree with you. At the same time, it was a weird result. Now on the flip side of it, I think we learned a lot about Florida this week. And, you know, Chris, this is something you and I discussed at length in the SEC show. So just to recap for Florida, 4 0 win over Georgia, 5 2 win over Tennessee, 7 0 win over Illinois. You look for them, Maddie. And here's the big thing Shelton and Seymour now, uh, Shelton and Seymour. Shelton and Riffis now are just on match win streaks. They've won, I believe, five in a row each. And, you know, now they've beaten Kentucky. They've beaten Georgia. They've beaten Tennessee. They've beaten South Carolina. Sure, South Carolina was out Thompson and without Samuel, but that's not their fault. They've beaten all four of the highest ranked other teams in the SEC. My question is, A, should they be ranked number one? But B, do they look like the number one
1: team in the country again? Yeah, they should. To who is both? my pick to who is my pick to win the 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 championship this year, ruskin I believe the Florida Gators. That's correct. So yes, this is what I thought we were gonna see. I, I, I expected this Shelton Riffis, these guys to get hot, go on a run. I mean, yeah, I think you could easily make the case that they should be the number one team in the country. Absolutely. No question about it. They're playing better than anybody else right now. They're outdoors. We're past the indoor season. This is where the Gators thrive and they're showing it. I'm not surprised at all. They're the best team.
0: We're going to relitigate this again, but I'm going first to you, Maddie. And then I want your opinion, Chris, on all of these questions as well. Um, Seymour, Bonetto, and Goodger. Who are you playing come crunch time right now? So the. Seymour, um, Goodger, Bonetto. At six? Five and six. Five, those are five, your three options. Probably
1: Seymour and Goodger. That's who you go with. So Chris, That's, I think, disagrees. Chris probably disagrees, but Benetto's younger. I mean, I in, in the tournament, right? When we're talking postseason play, we know Seymour and Goodger have gone all the way. I mean, they've they've done it all. I mean, I want those guys on the I want those guys on the court for me, unless Benetto is just to the point where you can't take him off the court, where he is just not gonna lose at all. And I believe he did just lose to, to Pat Harper. Harper? Correct. Was it? Yeah. So uh uh-uh. uh, give me Seymour and Goodger when the chips are down. I'll take those two guys at five and six and roll
2: with it. Chris. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, no chance on Goodger right now. I mean, I would I wanna play him. He's just not been good. I mean what you told me, you told me the other night, I don't I don't know when we did that. Last night did we do that, Gruskin? Yeah. What, what's his record on the year? It's I think four and three or four and four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was, I thought he'd even play it's more matches, but, it, but it's right around 500. He's just not, he's, he's just not winning. And that, maybe that included the fall uh, that, that what you gave me Gruskin, I thought it was more like seven and seven or eight and eight or something like that. But, but regardless, yeah, he's, I, I can't play him right now. And he just, you know, he got absolutely, you know, manhandled by lapid Kentucky. He's, he's, he's not been good. I would like to, you know, we all remember the undefeated season last year at six and that's the good you want. And if that's the guy that you good, your quick update two and two dual match season, eight, and nine overall on the season. You're right, Chris. Eight and nine. Yeah. He's lost nine matches this year. He lost zero last year. Yeah. I mean, and he's got a losing record on the year and let's, and, and let's be clear. They're they don't play all top 20 teams all year. Right. So, I mean. Some of yeah, that was I, fall play though. I want, I want the Gujarat That's, you know, if you get 80% of the guy that was there last year at six, you you're probably playing him, but it's just not there right now. So right, right now I'm playing, I'm playing Bonetto. Now I'll, I'll agree. Bonetto's even, I mean, with the servant volley game, he should be even better indoors. So that's a little disappointing to lose indoors, uh, you know, to, to Harper, but yeah, I, I still, I, I'm definitely either way. I think Mad, what it sounds like is Maddie and I are both in agreement. We're playing Seymour either way. Uh, <laughs> and and now, and now we're down to a question of, are we playing Goodger or Bonetto? It's not, we're playing Goodger and Bonetto and Seymour's out. Seymour's in and yep. we're playing one of those two. And, and I think you've still got now. And you've got Greif on the bench
0: as well. And now that the meat and potato, sorry, of the season is done, uh, that, that, you know, are the big names, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, all out of the way now. I expect
2: Coach Shelton to experiment. Well, yeah, I mean, the SEC's over. I mean, let's be be frank. Florida starts the year with the other top. We had a a tier of five teams at the top, and it was really Florida, Tennessee, uh, that we thought were the top two, and then a tier of three. But they start with the other four, and they've beaten them all. It's done. They're going to run the table. Even if somebody jumps up and bites them, they hold the head-to-head over whoever they end up tied with. Uh, so, I mean, the SEC is done, and yeah, they get the opportunity to to figure out what they want to do with that spot. To end to your point, yeah, I, Coach Shelton, Coach Stump, they can they can play musical chairs if they want.
0: I really hope they're just like, hey, South Carolina, you want to redo that? Like that was no fun for any of us. You guys come down here to Gainesville again. We'll try that again. Bring Thompson, bring Samuel. Let's see what the real matchup is. No, it, it's again the Gators have looked exceptional, and you know. Riff is at one point in the season was 500 and now he's won five in a row. Ditto with Shelton, who's gone from the number two spot where he was struggling to the number one spot where he's now thriving. And again, to beat Draxel, to beat Rodriguez, to beat Hamish Stewart, to beat, you know, Adam Walton, all of these guys, Shelton's reminding everyone why he is the number one ranked player in the country. And so, are, should the Gators be ranked number one right now? As Chris and I discussed, we say no. It should probably be Ohio State based on the resume. A 4-3 loss to TCU. You've beaten just about everyone else. But are the Gators the best team in the country again? We both, all three of us agree, the answer to that question. As of right now, certainly, again, wins over Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee. The answer to that question seems to be yes. By the way, you say Coach, Tump, Coach Stump, Coach uh, Shelton. Don't forget Coach Perlman, who is... By far the best of the bunch. Uh, That's my guy, of course. But uh, no, look, Gators, tremendously successful SEC weekend. That's enough on that conference, though. Let's go to a topic near and dear to Maddie's heart. And Maddie, can you stand once again? Because I got to see that logo on your shirt one more time. Duke men's tennis. Not a school we spend a lot of time talking about here on this show. Well, guess what? The Blue Devils, they have had themselves a time. And as you look here for them, you know, we talk about that group of five in the SEC. Well, we know Virginia, Wake Forest are the top two in the ACC. But there's a group after them, Miami, UNC, Florida State, Duke, you know, who is the best of the rest in the ACC conference this season? Can any of those teams, NC State, secure, you know, top 16 seeds come the NCAA tournament? I think Duke is the closest of the bunch right now. And you look at the Blue Devils over the past week, 4-3 win over Florida State, 4-2 win over Miami. And then most recently, and maybe even most impressively, they earn a 5-2 win over the Duke Blue Devils yesterday. You look for this Duke team overall on the season, Maddie. Again, they're 11-4. and Overall here this year, you look at who the losses are to in dual match play. Nothing to, you know, bat an eye on 4-3 against South Carolina, 4-2 against Kentucky. Now the 4-0 against Virginia, I'm sure they'd want back from a results standpoint. And certainly 4-3 at Northwestern, given Northwestern's recent struggles uh, over the past week. That's probably one they want back. But nothing I've said is disqualifying from a top 16 seed in my opinion, and they have beaten again here in the ACC, that next year, Florida state, Miami, North Carolina, all victories. They've locked they're at NC state, April 15th. That's a fascinating match. And I think for a top 16 seed, they probably have to win it, but I think this team
1: is capable of doing it. Matty. Yep. They are. This is what I really wanted to see out of the blue devils. Remember guys at the beginning of the season, I said, watch out for Duke. This is a different team. I really felt like, this was a year where they had an opportunity to make some noise because the ACC is not, it's not the same ACC as it typically is where Carolina is such a, you know, a top five team and all of that. So I knew they would have this opportunity. Three of those four losses, Gruskin, that you mentioned, they, they probably could have and should have what? I mean, the South Carolina match God, they were so close to winning that. I mean, that came down to a couple of points. Same with Northwestern. Garrett was up in that final match in the third set on Foreman. Easily could have won that. I was at the Kentucky match. Should have won dubs. That doubles point was tough. Duke was up breaks on multiple courts. They dropped it. um, And they couldn't recover in singles. But, man, I mean, this team is starting to gel. They're starting to feel it. And I'm not that surprised. I'm not that surprised. This is a more mature Duke team this year. They just have to ride it out now. That NC State match is going to be huge. But if they keep playing this way, I mean, top 16 for sure. I, I think they can easily do it. And I expect them to do it now. And Chris,
0: I want to know how possible it is from a math standpoint, but just for some context, Blue Devils eight and four at the number three double spot, but they've been bad in doubles 18 and 21 overall in individual double sets this season. That's just not going to get you many doubles points, but on the flip side, and it starts with a guy near and dear to my heart from my hometown, Andrew Zhang at Duke, who won his ITA regional. He has ridden that to the most successful dual match season of his career. And he's eight and two now in dual match play, seven and two at the number two single spot. When you combined him with Garrett Johns, who's eight and four at the one spot. And you you feel like you got a chance in both of those matches. Even against the South Carolinas of the world, the Virginias of the world, the Wake, even maybe against Wake Forest, you say, hey, we take the top two, and then you know if we can just sneak out one more in doubles, we can pull off the upset because that's how confident you feel about Johns and Zhang up top. And then you know for them, they're twelve and three at the number five position. And you look Andrew Dale, uh, nine and two overall, but seven and zero at the five position. You just look again across the board. You know they've got eight and two, six and twos. They're just getting a bunch of c- contributions from a bunch of different guys in singles Chris does this team have what it takes to make a top 16 push is there enough math left on the left on the board or do they have to upset uh, the Wake Forest of the world
2: no there's enough math I mean look next week we go to six wins they're already with the win over North Carolina they're projected at 16 right now for next week now three more wins after that have to count before we go to NCAAs and those are their weak spots right now. They don't have really points at those seventh, eighth, and ninth win spots. But they've got, I mean, they've got matches with and forget the, the closing weekend. I will say this. You said they have to win at NC State. I'll say I think they probably have to split the weekend. Granted, the NC State win is more likely, but sure. they finish at NC State at Wake Forest. I think they need one of those. But uh, you know, Boston College is not going to be worth anything. They've got Notre Dame. Louisville, Georgia tech, three matches and, in a row and a
0: conference tournament where you could beat a Florida state again, or beat That's a what Miami I was gonna again. Say. Yes. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yep. But he, but, but even those, those Notre Dame, Louisville, Georgia tech, all three of those teams are worth points. Look, they're counting wins right now, even in their good wins that are 20 some points apiece over, you know, over Liberty uh, and, and over Illinois that are, you know, 68, 69. Uh, and, and it's got them there. So. Uh, and all three of those schools I just mentioned are all three ranked better than that. So they do de- I mean, the math is there. And here's what I'll say. If you look at the rankings, you know, you look at next week's projected rankings up through about 12, you feel pretty solid that those teams, which right now, you know, finishes like Michigan, Texas, Stanford at 10, 11, 12, you got to feel really good that those guys are not going to fade out of a top 16 spot. But after that 13 down is all up in the air. I mean, you've got Harvard who is up in the air just because they've got the Ivy League and, you know, it's the the opportunities for huge points aren't great. They're going to have to win something there. Kentucky is, you know, they're going to be battling. USC, we saw what just happened to them. Then Duke, then Northwestern, Columbia, who just lost to USF, Pepperdine, Texas A&M. None of those schools jump out at you as, oh, there's no way they're going to finish in front of them.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. And look, and Manny, I want to give you the final word on this team, but I have been perennially tough on this program because they have underperformed, what, it's been about a decade since they've reached a Sweet 16, or there might have been one thrown in there in the mix in like 2013. But this is a team that has not had the success to the standard that you would expect. And here's why I'm so tough on them, because any recruit you see go to Columbia, any recruit you see go to Harvard, which have been top 16 teams perennially now over the past five seasons, 10 seasons, all of those recruits are kids they're stealing from Duke. And maybe that says something about my background, but having been to the Duke campus, the name brand that is Duke, they should just be a top 15, 16 team every year. They should be hosting NCAA regions. They should be hosting kickoff weekends. They should be in the mix with just, again, Given the background of so many tennis players, the academic background so many of them come from as well, Duke being the power five option of an Ivy League, you should clean up on all of those kids. You look at Harvard's success this year. Why is that not you right now? It is it defies logic that they haven't been on this level perennially, but now they're getting closer. Like, again, this Duke team has depth. They have talent everywhere, and they've got some guys at the top, Maddie, in Johns and Zhang that I think just give them a shot against all of the good teams. Like it doesn't matter if you're a Louisville or if you're a Virginia.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gruskin, there's been a lot that's happened over the past, what eight to 10 years within the program. I mean, some things that, you know, just some really tough, some tough moments. Um, But you're right. I mean, Duke, look, it's Duke. It's the best, it's the best university there is out there. Um, They should be good. They, they should be, Um, I'm just excited for them now that it seems like this team is starting to gel. They're playing for each other, Um, you know, and they've got some talent there, too. You know, Connor Krug is another guy that stepped up as a freshman. He's really joined this team and, you know, fit in seamlessly. And he's playing really well. I mean, that kid's talented, big kid. Um, I like his game. There's a lot of good pieces. And if they can figure out, you know, figure it out in doubles. I think we've we've seen a few lineup switches now uh with the doubles teams. So we'll see where that goes. But no, I I think they take care of business. If they beat who they're supposed to beat, I, I think we see the Blue Devils in the top sixteen to finish it out. It's gonna be a fascinating storyline line to watch. Last one for you before we get to our
0: good win, bad loss segment. Let's talk Texas men's tennis, something that is near and dear to our heart after the relationship we had with them last season, 10 and one were the Longhorns in three, uh, four three matches. But, you know, again, we're back. Folks, 3-4-3 matches from the Longhorns over the course of the past week. They earn a 4-3 win at Texas A&M, a match that sees them lose the doubles point, lose a bunch of first sets in singles as well. Ultimately, even without Pierre Bailey, even without Cleve Harper in that match, uh, Chi-Chi Huang, Evan McDonald step in. They get the job done 4-3. They then play the Buckeyes, again, without Bailey, without Harper, They push that match to 4-3. Ultimately, a 4-3 win for Ohio State, clinched by J.J. Tracy. But, you know, again, outdoors, they're pushing the Buckeyes to the brink. They then drop the doubles point in Los Angeles against USC. They earn a 4-3 win over the Trojans. and. You know, again, I believe, if memory serves me correct, that's an NCAA quarterfinal rematch from last year. I believe Texas knocking off USC. It came down to Harper and Fry at four singles. How could I forget that match? Was such a fun one to watch. Um, I guess my question to you, Chris, are the Longhorns back? Can this team, despite all the injuries, Spaziri doesn't have a wrist. We're not seeing Bailey right now. Harper's shoulder's messed up. They're banged up. They have to flex. You know, we came into the season saying, well, you know, in a pinch, the good news is if Spaziri's not healthy, Chi-Chi Huang can fill in. Evan McDonald can fill in. Well, they're filling in. And it's like this team, despite an atrocious surface-level record, you know, they're right around 500. They're going to be a top 15 team in the rankings right now. And again, I test-wise, Chris, I still think they're up to the test. Like, I still think this team can absolutely win it all. Oh, well,
2: I was with you till you said that. I mean, okay. in their yeah, current no, state? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no I'm saying back.
0: they're still in the mix. And why is this good for them? It's because like Bailey's injury is, it doesn't sound like it's too significant. Harper, I'm a little more concerned about Spazieri. Who knows what's going to happen with the wrist. Let me say it like this. If Spazieri's wrist is their only injury, can this team win it all?
2: I mean, if my mom had male body parts, could she be my dad? I mean come on you can't ask that question it's not their only injury okay so then what's your takeaways from this weekend what do you take away from again a two
0: and one four three performance my
2: my take is Texas is capable of playing with anybody but there's no way that lineup can win six matches in a row in the NCAA tournament I mean they, they can play with it they're back when you said are they back yeah they're back to the point where they can play four, three matches like they did last year, but trying to pull off a four, three match every single match along the way is going to end like it did last year where you just don't make it all the way. Uh, I mean, you could, they, they can jump up. Can they ab? can they jump up and beat anyone on any given day? Absolutely. It could, I mean, it could be Florida. They did it indoors, right? Mm-hmm. But are they going to beat, you know, they're going to get into the round of 16 and beat a Florida. And then beat a Baylor and then beat a you know a whoever you know whoever's whoever's next, a, a TCU and go all the way doing that. No, I don't, I just don't think that happens. It's you know, they they absolutely have to get healthy. And I don't and spazier, right? I mean, I think we're probably all agreed. Spazieris, he's playing with his wrist the way it is. It's not getting better. He's just that's what it's gonna be for now. So uh no, granted. It needs he's to get eager. better he's being very successful (laughs) doing it, right? He's beating guys uh, playing that way. I'm with you. I'm a lot more concerned about Harper being able to be healthy, given what that injury is. Bailey may be back, but yeah, I think what I see is they, they can, you know, it's so up and down four and three uh, over A&M four and three over USC. And let's, you know, that's how thin the margins are in college. We were two at two different occasions, a point from losing four, one Bradley fry had a couple match points when they were up three, one didn't get them. It goes to three, two, they then close out the three all match and bring it all down uh, to the, to the last match on. So we could have been sitting here talking about a four, one loss that wouldn't have made the match any, you know, further, further apart than it was, or any closer than it was. It was a tight match regardless, but that's how thin the margins are. I just don't think that this team is is going to be able to do that six times. You know, I'll give them the first two. Right, you get past the first few rounds, you get to the round of sixteen. I don't think they can then go run four in a row against really quality teams at that point, the way they are. And I just I don't see them getting to the point where the entire team's healthy. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would say this. I test wise, and
0: I mentioned this before in Seattle, they've got it. If they are healthy, if Harper's playing at six, if Bailey's in the lineup, uh, even if it's just this baziri wrist, I'm not crossing this team off yet. And keep that phrase in mind as we get to a segment later. But I refuse to because they're winning matches like this, even without the full complement of the roster. And that speaks to the talent they have everywhere. That speaks to like, what if Waldie gets his act together and now he's playing five and now it's just, you're in trouble. Um, again, that they're able to pull out two of these three wins. Impressive. Quickly on the other teams here in this section before we move on. We agree USC's a, a year away, right, Chris? Like, it's just like this year's teams played a lot of good matches against a lot of good teams. And, you know, again, if you actually look to who they've lost against, there's not a, you know, Pepperdine 4 3. I don't think that's a bad loss. Uh, certainly, that's one they'd like to have back. But like this USC team, as good as Dostanic is, and for him to beat Braswell, Braswell is playing as well as anyone right now. So the Dostanic t- train we keep rolling on. I just think they're a year away. There's a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomore. Give them all a year and take
2: some lumps. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel any differently really about USC than I do about Texas for different reasons. Texas is just not super super healthy. But I kind of feel the same way. Like on a good day, they can jump up and beat anybody. But are they going to do it all the way to the finals? No. I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah. Like you said, Matt, Mac, Mark, they need another year.
1: Yeah. Matty, you're shaking your head in agreement. I do agree. Yeah. This is USC is not going to, no,
2: no, no, no yeah. chance
1: of them. They're not a final four team They're They may not even finish in the quarterfinals this year, but uh, they have the talent. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the Trojans over the next few years. They're going to be a factor, but not this year. No, it sucks. I not mean- to win at all.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think quarterfinals is definitely in the realm of possibility. Quarterfinals potentially if they get hot. ceiling outcome, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well said. And then when they make the quarterfinals this year, then going into next season, when they bring back everyone, it's like, well, wait a second. Now this team's in that national championship conversation. Buckeyes, 4-3 win over Texas, Texas A&M outdoors. You know, we saw a lot of Luchanig action and Luchanig actually gets a win over Texas and You know, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes here on this show. We should give him some love for earning the victory. But, you know, we saw Luchan again at three doubles. Boulay out in that spot. And Kingsley and Tracy up to the number two spot where they remain undefeated, flipping that doubles point, which proved critical. I mean... They've answered the first two outdoors tests. Now again, it's going to get tougher. Certainly, they've got Michigan on Friday, going to be interesting tomorrow. If that uh, if that matches indoor or outdoors, I think it's scheduled to be indoors, but we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, Chris, any any additional thoughts on Ohio State or still, th- you know, again, we know their strengths.
2: Yeah, we know their strengths. I'll I'll throw in you mentioned the Luchanig making those the appearances in singles as well as doubles. A good trivia fact that I'm sure most people don't know. Andrew Lichnanik, seven hundred and one in the world in doubles.
0: Yeah, because he won the challenger title in Cleveland, albeit it, with it, that
2: yeah. with that big run in the challenger. Or they made the right? final.
0: Excuse me, made, made the, the finals. finals. Yeah, and I Trotter. think they
2: made the finals at Columbus yeah. and 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 lost, but. But yeah, I mean he can obviously play play some doubles. So can you imagine
0: uh, how good by the way, Pepperdine, four three win over Harvard, according to Scotty B. That's a good victory for the waves. And again, I don't think a bad loss for Harvard either. They've split four three are, you know, t- tight decisions here this year. Um, yeah, no. I mean, Lachanig and Trotter, you have a team that made a challenger final, and you're like, Yeah, we're gonna throw you at three. Like that's a pretty good luxury if you're Ohio State. The last one would be AM. I know they had the five match losing streak. I know, you know, now they've been knocked out by the Buckeyes and I like this a team. I think they're also one next year. They're a year away sort of team because they're going to bring everyone back. Schachter, Perego, you know, Rollins and uh, Ross and Casper and just all of these guys, they got a lot of guys. And so the depth they're going to be able to bring into next season, the year, they might be two years away from a serious, serious run, but that core, Chris, is going to be in the mix. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Yeah, Maddie, you're shaking your head as well in agreement.
1: Yeah, they well they need they need a they need a bit of an infusion of talent. Though, like if they want to be like a top five, I mean, remember, guys, a And M. We we were talking about Vashiro and and you know Aguilar and and Habib and. The talent was just, they had the talent to be a top five team. It's not there now. They don't have, I I agree, Gruskin, they have the guys, right? They have a lot of guys. They have a lot of depth. They need an infusion of talent. They need to bring in some transfers or somebody. See, I somebody. disagree with
0: you. I think that it's all a year away. I think I are not think young. so. Uh, see, I don't I, think I, so. If your argument is they need one of those guys, a Vashro, a Habib, just to really anchor that top of the lineup. A not to slight you know a who I think can be competitive with everyone. But if you got a not to win a title one. See, I don't know. They're going to be really competitive at four, five, six Perot, and again, these guys—they're just Perot's not playing four, five, six. But I'm saying two years from now, they're going to be a nightmare.
1: Nope. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. We'll put a. uh, They need more talent. They need if they're going to be a a title contender. Now they could be a top ten, top twelve-ish team for sure. But if they're going to be a, a final four caliber team, top four, top five. No, 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 this roster won't, it won't do it.
0: Interesting. All right, that's something for us to monitor, I suppose, over the course of the next couple of seasons. But with that in mind, let's move to our new game we have brought here at Crack Rackets. That, of course, a game we call good win, bad loss. And, you know, today's going to be a little bit different since I know Maddie hasn't caught up on a lot of these matches. He'll have to bring this in again quick we'll get quick decisions from him i'll try to alternate between you guys because if we talk about every question together obviously this segment will take too long let's start with the acc yes unc lost to duke but unc 4-0 win over miami good win tar heels bad loss canes what say you chris uh bad loss
2: for miami
1: maddie Uh, agreed don't can't be losing 4-0 can't be losing to this carolina team Uh 4-0 i at home at home at home
0: uh-uh. <laughs> yeah bad loss okay I it's hard to disagree I will say this Sernok belongs on a better team and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the rest of the Tar Heels but Sernok is the guy who you just had that championship know. like he was so good at four he was just the perfect four on that roster and to go from that position where you're the guy to this team where like he still is like all right I'm gonna put my point on the board and you're just struggling i am going to do a it documentary happens. on Logan Zap someday. And I'm not going to explain why, but I think you both get what I'm saying because if <laughs> Zap clicks fast, I mean it's a whole it's a different past 12 months. But anyways, uh yeah, I agree. Probably lean bad loss for Miami specifically because that match again uh, was played at home, you move on here Georgia 4-3 over South Carolina came after South Carolina had the 4-3 victory in Tennessee. They've had their entire lineup Good
1: win, bad loss, Chris. Oh, good win. I agree with you, Maddie. Yes, that's a good win for Georgia. I didn't even know that that happened. Great win for Georgia. That's what I
2: wanted them. That's what I've been wanting the Bulldogs to do. Great yeah. job. We talked We talked last week, Matty, about how we would, you know, you. I said I wasn't ready to dismiss them out of that next tier, and you guys wanted to, and I said, well, I don't expect them to beat Florida, but it's going to right. be that South Carolina match where we find out, like, are they in the tier or are they not? And against right. a full a full lineup, they they did it. So that's that's great. That's great. That's what I wanted to see. Good win. Lock,
0: lock it in. Good win. Next match. LSU five two over Ole Miss. Good win. Bad loss. Chris. Bad loss. Yeah. See, we talked bad about this loss. on yesterday's show. LSU is sneaky good. Hunter's good. Obviously, Holman up top. Kozlov at five. Diaz at. Four, I believe he's playing. And he's been killing at the transfer. Rick. They're solid. That's a tough loss for Ole Miss. It's a it's a tough loss. I don't know if it's a bad loss. It's a tough loss. you
2: I mean, you for- think you're a top twenty team, and you know LSU's fifty. And yeah. I mean, of course, it's a good win for LSU to pull it off. But I mean, from a, from an Ole Miss standpoint, for sure, that's a bad loss. I mean, cut as well as the fact that Ole Miss. You also happen to think, and the rankings would would agree with you, that you're the better of the two Mississippi schools, and State just came in there two days earlier and beat LSU. Maddie, so,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's fair. Maddie's shaking his head in agreement, so we'll move on. Kentucky four three over Arkansas. These terms should probably be flipped here: bad win or good loss. I just wanted to talk about this match and say this was an exceptional match from Arkansas and it came down to Draxel versus Recco at the number one spot who are two of the certainly at least 50 best players in the country and ultimately Draxel clinches in front of a hostile crowd. This one was really fun. Again, I didn't know where else to sneak it into the show so I thought I'd sneak it in here. Any reaction to this one, Chris?
2: Yeah, like you said, it, it, this doesn't fall in the category of good win, bad loss. I will, uh, I'll say it. Probably equally on both sides. I'll bad say good win. win. Good it's, loss. it's a good <laughs> win simply because Kentucky didn't lose,
0: and that's why it's right. a good I mean, win. Because we saw Tennessee I mean, lose this match last year.
2: Yeah, yeah. As we've said, first of all, good teams find a way, and second of all, Arkansas is a nightmare to play at their place. It's a the fans are right on top of you. That it's a the conditions are always hard somebody loses there. If not two people lose there. And we're talking like top tennis teams, right? Like, yeah. like you said, Tennessee last year, it happens every year. It's, you know, that someone goes in there and gets beat. So for Kentucky to manage to pull it off with Draxel coming from down a break uh, in the third, and you just, you just knew it was coming. Yeah. It, I mean, they escaped and it was a good win.
0: Fair. I it's also, again, no Diallo for them. Who's in a boot. You could see him on court and, you know, again, that's a Monday equivalent. They managed to get the win. That's what we were talking about earlier with Tennessee that they'll have to do. So that's good win. Stanford, Utah. Stanford four over Utah. Good win, bad loss for a Utah team that at one point was one of the like five, two final undefeated teams or the final undefeated team maybe in men's college tennis. I mean, you
2: look, Utah. The what do we really expect from Utah? Okay. We, we knew they weren't going to beat Stanford. The one we were looking a little more towards this weekend was the Cal match that was going to give us a little bit. So we'll better. say
0: good win here, Stanford, which gets us to our next one. Cal beats Utah 5-2. Good win, bad loss.
2: Yeah, I, I would, I mean, good win for Cal, disappointing loss for Utah because it's, it's the match that they, I think they had to have circled as, hey, this is the one that lets people know we're for real. No one expects us to beat Stanford. But Cal, that's a match that we're in. We got to find a way. And they you'll did. like
0: this, Chris, because you're anti-participation trophy. And I told this story on Tuesday's show, but I went to Westoff and I said, hey, instead of good win, bad loss, can we call it impressive win, disappointing loss? And he goes, Alex, those are literally just adjectives for good win, bad loss. No, we're not doing that. And I was <laughs> like, no, but, you know, disappointing's not bad. It's not. He's like, no, we're not doing that. And I was like, all right, fine. Um, I would agree with your terminology. I would say this is a good win for coach Quinta and the golden bears. And I think that's what we have to lock it in as because we just don't know much about this group
2: and for them to beat Utah, it's a good litmus test. Yeah. I don't think, I I don't think you can call that a bad loss for Utah only because Cal probably was the favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a good win for Cal. And, and like, like we said, it's, it's disappointing for Utah from the standpoint of they, that, it's not bad. It's not like Cal's a bad team and they were expected to beat them. So it's not a bad loss. They just they they really wanted to win that to show everybody, hey, we're for we went on this. I don't even know what they started the season. Right. You know, 16 and 0 or whatever the heck they did. Big, huge, undefeated streak to start the season. Show everybody they're for real. Uh, and And, you know, they couldn't beat them. So, yeah, disappointing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. All right. Let's keep moving on here as we rock and roll and again. I'm going to go even faster now. Should probably flip the terms here, but Baylor, 5-2 over Arizona. I think we all agree, good win, unanimous consent. On the road. Yeah, on the road, 5-2 win over always a pesky Arizona team. Still have some questions about Baylor. Arizona needs a strong Pac-12 conference if they want to be a top 16 seed, so that's something you got to monitor because they had their shots, and unfortunately, other than the win over Texas, just some tough results for them. Arizona State, 4-1 over Texas Tech. Good win, bad loss. Start with you, Maddie, and then we'll go, Maddie, Chris. Here,
2: Mm.
1: that one's tough. I mean, it's not a great win. I it's kind of a bad loss for Tech, but not really. I mean, it's errors. Both of those teams, to me, are kind of irrelevant. It's NCAA significant. Yeah, are you going
0: to get in for Texas Tech? That loss hurts.
1: Right. I, I I would lean more towards bad loss as opposed to good win. Chris.
2: I probably like, lean the other way only because I mean, for where Maddie was was kind of leaning in that Arizona State's got some talent. So it's not like you feel like, oh, we lost to a really bad team. They've lost a lot of matches this year yeah. and it looks bad on paper, but they're they're not as bad as their paper resume would say. And it was a much needed win. So I, I'd say good win for them.
0: I agree. Let's switch that West off on the screen. Let's go good win for Arizona State. Glass half full here. All right, we move on. Arkansas, 4-3 over Auburn. Chris, SEC expert, good win, bad loss. Ooh, I
2: mean, this is tough. I I think, again, it's a good win for Arkansas. I think it's a very – I won't say it's a bad loss because Arkansas is dangerous. I think it's one of those – it's another very disappointing loss for Auburn who – you know, they come into the weekend looking at having two very winnable matches that they probably should win. And they don't get that first one with Arkansas. But with our with Auburn being what was, a you know, in a top 25 ish type, you know, area and Arkansas being an NCAA bubble team. Good win for them. Fair. Maddie. I think
1: this one's close because it's a little bit of both, but I, I slightly lean good win for Arkansas.
2: I
0: agree Barely. with you, particularly
1: given the rest
0: of the weekend for Arkansas and dropping the Kentucky match the way that they did. Michigan, 7-0 over Columbia. Good win, bad. Oh, excuse me. I Penn, 4-3 over Washington. Good win, bad loss. Oh, that's a good win. Good win. I mean, I, yeah. Good win. Completely agree with you guys. Washington's a good freaking team. Wichita State, 4-3 over Tulane. Good win, bad loss.
1: Chris? Mm. That one's tough. I, I
2: Honestly, I don't even. It's like neither. I mean. I, yeah, if you're going to make me pick, I'm going to say bad loss. Wichita State's not very, not that good. But frankly, neither is Tulane, right, this right. year. So I can't, I can't in good conscience call it a good win because Tulane just hasn't shown it. So I'll say if you're Tulane, you think it's a bad loss. Maddie. Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: really know. I mean, I, I don't. It's neither to me. It's it's not really that good of a win. Tulane's not that good, but is I don't know.
0: Yeah, tough I don't year, know. T- it, tough year right now for the Green Waves. Um, a team that's obviously yeah. perennially been at the top of their conference and in the conversation, top twenty-five each and every season. Nebraska four three over UCF. This is a great win
2: for the Huskers. I don't care what you guys say. How I, I just don't I don't even know how. I, I this is <laughs> This one baffles me. I mean, I
0: yeah. Yeah, you disagree? Uh, You'd say bad loss. It's both. I mean, yeah. good it, heaven. It, for
2: Nebraska, it's a great win. For UCF, <laughs> yep, it's a horrible loss.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's both. Yeah. So we double up on this one. This was a good win and a bad loss. All right. Our pen ultimate match here. Let's move on. Oklahoma State,
1: six one over SMU. Good win, bad loss, Maddie. I think that's actually a pretty good win. SMU, you guys know I've talked about SMU. I like what they've done this year. For Oklahoma State, who's struggled, that's a very good win.
2: I'm I'm impressed with that. Chris? Yeah, definitely, definitely a good win. Oklahoma State is another, another team, kind of like the Arizona State case where they've got talent. They haven't won anything on paper to make them look good to people, but they are a talented team. So you definitely can't say that it's, you know, losing to them is bad. For Oklahoma State to pull off the wins, especially 6-1, that's a good win. I yep. agree. A much-needed one, too, had
0: into conference play. And then finally, Michigan, 7-0 over Columbia. Good win, bad loss. Bad loss.
2: Horrible.
1: Bad <laughs> loss. Yeah. I mean, look, Michigan is, is a very, very good team. But if you're Columbia, I mean, come on.
2: Come on. Yeah, Matt. Maddie, all we're going to do since we're actually recording this live on Thursday is add that when you put on top of that, that they then turn around and lose at yeah. USF today.
1: Yeah, bad loss, bad,
2: bad loss. No, yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's been a tough season, certainly for the Lions. Well, with that
1: said, and you tried are, to tell me a few weeks ago, Gruskin, that this Columbia team was better than the one with Victor Pham and Jackie Tang and I didn't Jack say Lynn. This Rem- hey, Chris, remember
2: that. Remember that? Oh, Chris? I, I remember Maddie. Uh, no yeah. you didn't i mean no gruskin you said come may you yeah. said come yeah. May. all right you would take this year's team maddie and i yeah. like, no, give it can't. some time give it some time we still Ooh. have till may we got two months i'm flying to kobe
0: tomorrow to work with I, I think
2: what he meant was like may of 2023 or four <laughs> yeah Alex i try i mean billboard
0: material you heard what they said Ooh. i still have your back i'm westfall believer. needs another year
2: Come yeah. On. Uh,
0: yeah yeah, um, yeah. Right. uh when, when they beat harvard and sweep the ivy leagues just remember when you guys said that this is your moment but as i oh you mean when, when they knock
2: when when they both fall out of the top 16 okay all Still that won't be matters that is
0: if michigan beats ohio state on friday that's all that matters going into next week because <laughs> then one of you's calling in sick let's just be honest here. but again one Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll just go solo for an hour. Um. All right, with all of that said, let's get to the latest iteration of our Cracked Rackets Top 10 poll. And of course, want to have some fun here on this segment. So here you see the poll in front of you. And for those of you listening in podcast form, Ohio State, number one, TCU, number two, Florida up to number three, Baylor four, Tennessee drops down to five. Now South Carolina is at six, but of course, again, Tennessee losing to them without Monday. We didn't penalize Tennessee too harshly here this week. South Carolina, though, up to six. Wake seven, Kentucky eight, Virginia nine, Stanford ten. Who's absent from there, most notably? No Georgia, no Texas. Uh, you know, a couple of teams currently not inside the top ten. With all of that said, what I want to do. Well, first, Matty, you made a look at me, so let's go here first. Why is Why you Virginia? A look? Who put Virginia uh, in there? Oh, that's what, me and Jay. It sure as heck wasn't you or me, Maddie. Yeah. Yeah. It's me and Jay because we have eyes. And mm. I again, this is not the computer rankings. This is subjective. If, this is who are were, the best. Were you able on. to
2: submit this week, Maddie, or was it just me, Gruskin, and Jay?
0: No, Maddie got his picks in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So
2: it's,
0: so Virginia, you'd have out Georgia, I imagine you'd have in. Um I actually had Michigan in. Yeah, you did. I was baiting him into saying that. First. I had Michigan yeah, in. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It. The thing is, them and Harvard and Pepperdine have split and like then USC gets into the equation there. So I left Michigan out of it. I but Virginia should not be in there. I think they should be. I think Texas should be as well. That's an eye test thing. Like I'm so so here's the new thing I wanted to do. And we're gonna call it cross-offs. Where at this point of the season, we're looking at our top 10 poll. Let's discuss it candidly. Which of these teams still on the board do you think has a shot? at winning the national championship. And if you don't, we'll cross them off. And I'm just curious how many teams we have right now on our list versus how many you guys think need to be crossed off. Let's start at the top, Ohio State. We all agree unanimously. They can win the national championship, right? Yep, yep. So we're not crossing them off yet. No. TCU, if healthy, they just oh, yeah. won the national indoors. We all yes. agree. They're not a cross off yet. Florida, not a cross off. We talk, did a whole segment on that. Is Baylor a cross off? Finn Bass has struggled a bit of late. Marco struggled a bit of late. Obviously, Mizucci pair like rounding into form. I agree. I, doubles hasn't been great. To me, the big thing is Baylor's just They've clearly lost not one playing match. The, yeah, and they're clearly not playing their best tennis yet, is the real right. big thing. And so unequivocally, not a cross off yet. I agree no with No way. First. I assume you agree. Yeah,
2: definitely not crossing the
0: wall Okay. Tennessee. They're not gonna have Bicknell. Monday's been injured right now. I'm not crossing them off because if they get Monday back, I mean, we just saw them in the national indoor semi, you know, national indoor final. They're right there with everyone else. I'm not crossing them off. Maddie. before the season, you said no Bicknell, no national championship.
1: Do you rescind that take? Not really. I really don't. But if you guys want to all accommodate your wishes, and if you guys are cool with leaving them in there, I'll leave them in. I'm okay with leaving Tennessee in fully healthy minus Bicknell. If we we got Walton in Monday and HUD and Prada and Diaz and Mitsui and Harper, okay, leave them in for now. We don't have to cross them off yet. But no, I don't really rescind my take. Do I truly believe they're going to win the the title? No, I don't. But leave them on. Don't cross them off yet. Not crossing off Tennessee. I imagine
0: you agree, Chris. I don't want to cross them off either, so let's leave them. And those were the five I knew were locks for not cross-offs. Now things get particularly interesting. South Carolina. We know how good they are on the top four. Rodriguez, Samuel, Thompson, Lambling. They keep you alive. Story has been better, but not what we expected perhaps coming into the season. Beasley's been solid, but is he as good as the – Benettos and Gugers of the world, as the Max of the world. And, you know, again, is are they strong enough at five and six, even if they're going to go two and two or three and one, are they strong enough at five, six and doubles to hang with the rest of the top teams? I'll
1: start with you, Maddie. Are you crossing off South Carolina? In my humble opinion, I do not believe that South Carolina can win the national championship. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think they can win it. Five, six, and doubles are you have three
0: vulnerabilities. And they've been solid in doubles, but I just don't feel exceptional about them
1: in three spots. And yeah, I think but even then, four, but 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 again, don't even give them one through four. I mean, one through four could lose two. No, but I'm I, saying if if
0: if it's in terms of judging the one through fours with the teams we haven't crossed off yet, they're as good as anyone. The problem mm. is five, six and doubles.
2: Uh, no problem is you can't say right. that at, the problem is you can't say that at four either
0: okay so four yeah five. You six
2: yeah i mean okay. i that's why i said uh, i'm I with do. you they're, they're a year out i don't i'm with maddie i mean i love the team yeah but but with everybody but, else in there no i don't think they can win it this year
0: i agree with you i think they're our first cross off here so number six south carolina we're gonna cross off wake forest they've got the depth. Do they have the strength up top? And do they have the strength up top to do it four matches or, you know, in a row against top 16 competition? Maddie, you're shaking your head as if to say no. I, again,
1: in my opinion, and which doesn't count for much, I don't know much, but I, it, I, in my heart, I do not believe that the Deeks can win the national title this year. I just, I, I don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Too many question marks. A lot of pieces. I don't know what the lineup even is, Chris.
2: Yep. No, I agree. I don't, I, I don't, they can beat anyone. Do I think they can, from 16 to to the championship, can they win four in a row? I don't think so.
0: I think they could beat TCU 4-3 in the quarterfinals and then lose a semifinal 4-3 in the same fashion, just getting swept at the top two spots. I agree with you. And so I think we cross off Lake Forest. We crossed off South Carolina. Here's the thing about about Kentucky, though. Draxel, Hurrian, Diallo, maybe you feel even better about them as a top three just as a unit. And then, look, Musitelli and Lapadat have been pretty solid at the four and five positions. And you feel like they have some pieces in doubles as well to make things work. I know we crossed off South Carolina, who beat Kentucky at the national indoors, without Liam Draxel, I would point out. I don't know if I'm ready to cross off Kentucky.
1: What say you, Maddie? I'm ready to cross them off. Too many. Questions. They're not winning. Where? They, they're not winning the national championship. They're just not. They they can't go through. They're not going to win over all of these teams, match after match after. They're just they're not. I mean, they're not. I like their team. They're a very good team, but if we're really being realistic about it. I think we all know deep down that they're, they're, they're not going
0: to win it. They're not, I'm not not crossing them off yet. What say you, Chris, you're our tiebreaker.
2: I'm in the, middle. I agree with you, Gruskin, in that even though we've got South Carolina ranked ahead of them and and as do I, I've got South Carolina ranked in front of Tennessee at this point. Um, Yep. They beat them. I, I feel, I actually do feel better about Kentucky being able to make a run I just don't think they can make the run the whole way. I, no, nope. I mean, it, it, they could, they could potentially even make it, who knows, maybe all the way to the final, I, like you, for those reasons. I mean, they've got the top three guys that are just great. Lapidat, if he's on at five, is outstanding. I mean, they can make a run. I just don't think they can do it, you know, round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, final. It, it's, it's just asking too much.
0: So you're, so you're the deciding vote. We're crossing them off. I, I,
2: yeah, I, I put them off for now. All
0: right. I would have kept them on, but we're a cohesive unit here. So we're crossing off Kentucky, Virginia. Yes, they have losses this season, but they're pretty much all to the teams you see not crossed off on this list. In fact, I think they are all to the teams you see not crossed off on this list with that in mind, Maddie, are you ready to cross off Virginia? Hmm.
1: Virginia has talent, man. I know
0: this is where it gets fun. Now we're talking.
1: I don't even think this is a question. This isn't fun. I mean, I think it's fun because we probably everybody thinks we should cross them off probably, but there's something about that team. Yes. Yes. I do feel like they could potentially yes. but but here's the thing without Bar like minus Botzer, it's going to be so tough and like God, I don't know, man. They're talented. I, I like the squad. I'm not going to pick them to win it, but I would I would be okay if we left them on the list for another week or so, maybe. Uh, that's all I'm asking
0: is are we ready to cross them off already? You say no. You say give it another week. Let's watch I them say play give it,
1: Wake. Yeah, let's give it another week. Let's not cross them off just yet we but we may be crossing them off soon
0: maybe Chris you're a definitive
2: no oh yeah no chance I'm crossing them off they're no, absolutely you're no chance you're crossing them off you're absolutely a contender absolutely. oh let's go unanimous
0: consent leave the who's on by the way this just shows those preseason season uh, notions haven't been dissuaded yet is Stanford a cross-off I would cross them off I think But even then, they've still got some talent. I just don't think Stanford's almost in in the
1: same kind of boat. right? Well, I
0: think the argument you gave for South Carolina is the same argument. Like, it's just like, are they going to do it four times in a row? No way. You saw them at the indoor. I doubt.
2: Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, you know, they crapped the bed at indoors. But here's my, here's my question. That was indoors though. Yeah. Well, Stanford's never that good indoors. and, And yeah. And I don't think that the whole team motivation, et cetera, maybe wasn't there. I want to see Pac-12 play that we haven't yet. And also, and I, I haven't seen anything, Gruskin. I don't know if you have or not. Have we officially seen any word on whether Boyer's off or not? I, I, mean, I know you him. and I both believe he's probably not coming back. I haven't back. seen the official, but he still hasn't played. I, I agree he hasn't played. But all I'm going to say is if, you know, this is yeah, – <laughs> it's kind of like holding out – You. you like, we could have seen Brooksby play NCAAs. Right? There was nothing that would have stopped that from happening, right? I mean, Except they the could have pandemic, hold, but go on.
1: Well, let's, yeah, but let's I mean, not cross them off just yet. Let's yeah, not cross them off them out just, just out yet, yet. I would, I would cross all them all of off. Sudden,
2: and all of a sudden, put them off, bring them back. You
1: guys are willing would, to keep Stanford uncrossed, but not Kentucky? What is wrong with you? At least for... Stanford's more talented than Kentucky. Okay, no,
0: what?! They I don't. Know if I contest that. I mean, God, Fairy versus Draxlot one would be fun. They probably split two and three. I mean, or Kentucky sweeps mm. it. Like, if it's Diallo, no. Geller, who are you taking?
1: Outdoors.
2: I don't know. It depends Outdoors, on which still, Geller, does Geller care?
0: It doesn't matter. I'm still taking Diallo. I'm not necessarily.
1: Not necessarily. This is criminal. Your I consensus? say we- so I we say leave we them. leave Stanford on the Fine, list, but then we're leaving Texas.
0: We're adding Texas to this well, list. Texas and isn't even them. on there. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. if they were, I—they're the only team I would add to this discussion. Not in the top ten, with all due respect to my Wolverines, who I haven't crossed off, but you both would. The only other team I would add to this conversation is Texas, who I would refuse to cross off right now because if they're healthy, they're going to be there.
1: Oh, if Texas is 100% healthy with all of them, even Spaziri, absolutely they're a title contender. No, even if it's a
0: left wrist Spaziri. No, 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 no. no, no. Spaziri
1: 100% healthy with his wrist. Texas is absolutely a title contender. I agree, Gruskin. 100%. I mean, preseason, I think on our college contenders, we had Texas at number four.
0: Yeah, or four, yeah.
1: So, so yes, Texas 100% healthy. Oh yeah, they're totally on the list.
0: Yeah, so they're not a cross off yet. I can't believe you guys are leaving Stanford uncrossed. This is actually a revelation to me, Chris.
2: I'm I'm just I'm, and until I hear if I know for sure there's no Boyer, I'll I'll, I'll take them off. But I let's know, just leave and, them on for another week. And they're not. The, I don't think that'll be answered in a week. I but I think at some point, like say by the first of April we're going to, I mean, if he's not playing for them, them, I don't, I don't see it happening, but, and I, they have to have him to be a contender, but if they do, it's highly unlikely, but you know, there's, there's enough talent there with him that it could get crazy if, if he's in the, I
0: mean, the rankings obviously indicate this right now, but like, I mean, if Boyer comes back, you're right. I mean, I get your point, but to cross off South Carolina and Kentucky and leave Stanford feels criminal. Just criminal. I apologize, listeners, to this show. They made me do it, I swear. Um, yeah, I feel pretty I mean, good. The only so,
2: vindication will be for one of those teams to win it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And by the way, right now, we're eight weeks into the season. We're down to eight teams in the race for the national championship. We've crossed off. Have you crossed off Liberty, Chris? I'm just, I'm surprised you didn't even want to bring up, you know, Michigan and or Georgia. But not disrespectful. No, we've crossed off Georgia. Come on, we have. We have, right? If we're crossing off Kentucky and South Carolina, then I know we're crossing off Georgia. I'm trying to think yeah. what, team, what team is like on the middle Tennessee, should we not cross them off? Like They're <laughs> like the only one I can think of where it's like, maybe we shouldn't cross them off. Um. Yeah, again, that's where things stand right now in college tennis. With that in mind, we've got another week coming here uh, of fantastic action. And as I mentioned at the top of the show here, as we look towards the week ahead, we've got action for you. Fridays, we're covering all things SEC on our SEC Cross Court Cast. You can find the link to those SEC broadcasts wherever you uh, on whichever team website. You support, and if we can, super producer Danny Westoff Let's put that graphic on the screen now. You see again, we've got 11 matches for you on Friday. We've got Big Ten action for you on Sunday. That of course includes Baylor headed to Michigan on that Sunday match. Of course, Wolverines taking on the Buckeyes on Friday as well. Looks like those matches are, are scheduled to be indoors, but ultimately, of course, we'll see if the night we- nice weather pushes them out. Without with that said, Maddie, I know you're playing catch up. So Chris, I'm going to let you dominate this segment. What are the Matches
2: you are watching most closely here in the week ahead. Yeah, honestly, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm looking forward to seeing what Michigan's got. Right, they've only yeah. lost. They, they've only lost two. They've beaten TCU. They lost what I would call a bad loss to Columbia, right, and then the kickoff weekend to Wake Forest. They, you know, a team with only two losses. Big test getting Ohio State and Baylor. So, I mean, we'll really learn a lot about whether whether you should be putting them if they win either one of those matches you probably have to put them in as you can't cross them off from being able to win a title cuz the other two teams are in the top 5 and we've got them on the list uh i think if they go and two yeah we can retain them as yeah they're they're not winning but that that's that's the that's the big weekend that i'm looking forward to frankly is is just seeing how your wolverines do we've had a lot you know for me the SEC will calm down a little just because we've seen all those top teams for the most part play each other already. And now it's into and the Georgia, Tennessee's this Sunday the, the, yeah, the top teams should sort of take care of business against that, that next tier teams. But yeah, you know, there's, there's just, just a little bit of that left. That's going to be a very interesting match. The Georgia at Tennessee, Tennessee is at home You know, no Monday. I still don't expect to see him yet. And, you know, another big test for Georgia. They pulled it off at home against South Carolina. Can they do it with Tennessee? Let's see. That's a gut check for for the volunteers after last week. Absolutely. Some other ones I would add to the mix
0: here. Uh, Again, plenty of fun conference play, but uh, ones we haven't already referenced. Arizona at UCLA. Just keep your eye on that one. That's a fun one. Texas at Pepperdine. That one's pretty fun. How about Middle Tennessee at SMU? Middle Tennessee should win that match. And if they don't, now they're no chance at a top 16 seed. But if they just keep winning, they're going to have a pretty strong claim. Uh, come the end of the season, of course, Memphis at Tulane, a fun one. LSU at Vanderbilt. How real is the Vanderbilt success? I'm excited to see that match unfold, of course. Uh, some other good ones we've got here on the weekend. You look towards Sunday, that Baylor at Michigan battle. How could we not be excited for that? Harvard at San Diego is a one that's sneaky fun. A&M at Kentucky. Another one will be locked into. Florida State against Louisville. Again, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Cal Poly, Cal. It's a lot of good action. Miami, Notre Dame. Miami, Miami Notre Dame. Miami, Notre Dame. Again, another good That's one. That's an ACC weekend. match. No, another good Watch. one. USF at SMU. SMU's got another tight weekend. Like a lot of NCAA implications. Uh, of course, we will be back next week to discuss all of those results. But again, every Friday, our SEC Red Zone broadcast. You on all of the team websites every Sunday. We're watching all things Big Ten tennis on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. And of course, we will be back next week to recap all of the results. Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time for the women, Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern time here for the men. With all that said, a huge shout out and thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. You all know the deal. Learn more about them by clicking on the link in the description to this pod. It's our official intelligence for your tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to let them know we sent you there. Of course. To contact our friends at Turner Sports, email sales at uniquesports.com. They'll treat you like family, hook you up as part of the team. With all that said, Matty, did we do a good enough job with our tutorial? Do you feel like you're up to speed?
1: I do. I feel pretty good now. Um, we may have to do it again next week, too. That's what I like to hear. Chris, any final thoughts? No, I'm good.
0: I will say this, Chris, we pitched a great game in our SEC weekly podcast. We've done a lot of good pods over the years. That one felt particularly fun as we see the Duke tennis in the background. That's how you know it's time for us to end the show. And as always, a shout out to super producer Daniel Westhoff on the ones and twos without whom this would not be possible. We thank all of you who tuned in live. Again, it's a very fun show. We want to interact with all of you, as many of you as possible. We'll get back to coaching interviews during these shows next week as well. But for now, for my co-hosts, Matthew the Cracks, the Koyak, Chris Hallioras, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision and Turn On from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Gentlemen, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, hey. great shot. Great shot. And we will see you all next week. Thanks as always, everyone.